It is a Monday edition. Jack Michael Show coming to you live and direct from our studios at 1020 South 25th Street in Fargo. They are the uh, Gunderson Jewelers Studios. OMG. Oh, my Gundersons. Make it easy to say I do with a custom design wedding ring. Gundersons Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or simply go to Gundersons.com. It is a Monday, so we always unpack what has been a, a wild weekend again in the world of sports. We do here on the show with Brad Anderson and my man Derek Hansen. We do our good, bad, ugly, and great if it applies. You can text that in to 35270. It's 35270. Good, bad, ugly, and great if it applies. And again, if you're going to tear someone down, let's make sure they don't get paid to play uh, their sport. So keep that keep that in mind on that. And, and fellas, it was a, a weekend where the Vikings won. But it, like it after every Vikings win, it, we kind of go back and say, "Okay, there's nothing wrong with a win." But you know, there's that that hope of uh, uh, they can be better and all of that. And we'll, we'll get into that. A coach has lost his job today in, in Carolina. Uh, you caught that uh, maybe right before the show today uh, on the collegiate scene. You know, the Cobbers win, the Dragons win, NDSU got a little bit of a test there in Terre Haute, but NDSU wins. UND gets a nice road win. Brad, you got a win this weekend. Then you went to Canes. You and I both had Canes oh, this weekend. I it was it was just perfect because I said I was getting out of the car in St. Cloud after going to Rochester, and uh, and it, I think it was about UND was about four minutes left. They had just given up on that drive, and I thought, oh no, I hope they don't give this up. <laughs> so I was listening while I was in line, and then I heard the end. And I said, all right, good. I love it. And so I text you a picture. Text me a picture. I'm celebrating with Kane. There you go. Which was so funny, Derek, because in, in Ohio, we stay just uh, down the road in Youngstown. And it's great when you pull into your te- the team, ho- the visiting team hotel, and around you is like, okay, there's a steakhouse. There's an, you know, an OG right there. There's another eatery. There's a convenience store. And a block and a half away is is like a Kane's. Or, you know, I'm thinking, I was kind of in a good spot. So that's I, it's so funny. Brad texted me. I went, we not only had Kane's for lunch that day. That they served us at Youngstown State, their AD, uh, SID came in and goes, by the way, guys, we're having canes for lunch today. I'm like, well, I just had canes like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> How much chicken can we eat today? So then Brad texts me. I saw I had chicken on the brain, I think, coming mm-hmm. up on the weekend. Yeah, but, how about that? You say plenty, right? I mean, but, you can yeah. have plenty. Pretty good stuff, though. Uh, Derek, is there anything great that you can pull out of the Vikings game, personally? Well, I mean, I think 17 for 17 is pretty, pretty good, great. the way they started off and went 20 20- you know, it's just amazing how one big play, though, can change the momentum in football like that because that big pass play with that unbelievable catch mm-hmm. by the Chicago wide receiver got them back in the game. And I did like the fact, because I think the Vikings are a team because their defense is iffy at best to take the ball when they win the toss just because I think they need to get that rhythm going. I think Kevin O'Connell does a good job of, you know, scripting those first mm-hmm. how many plays, and they seem to have rhythm right away. So it might be a – I don't think every team's like that. I think most teams should defer if you have a decent defense, but that worked out well for him. And they, but there's just uh, – you know, as far as that's concerned, he looked really good. And then after his first incompletion, it all kind of went downhill after that. It's kind of weird. Well, I, I mean, you mentioned the score that got out to 21-10, and the fact that they, they missed that field goal before halftime, and it doesn't seem like much by that. They dominated that first half. Mm-hmm. Really, it's about the first twenty minutes, and they're only up eleven. You kind of go, eh, there's something right. a little bit, little bit hairy there, and then you get a field goal blocked, and then, yeah, and then have the big play and go in. I yeah. mean, then they get the ball to start the second half. Well, that was a uh, that was a magnificent drive to uh, to get the lead back. Though yep. I'd imagine for a lot of Vikings fans, between the hours of of uh, eleven from eleven fifteen a.m. 
till about 1 o'clock, 1.30. They were the most glorious hours you've had this season because you watched the Packers fall to the Giants sure. in, a, in, a, in a fashion that normally we're not accustomed to, getting a couple balls batted down there at the end. And then, as you mentioned, the 17-for-17 17 17 start for Kirk Cousins. That window from like 11, whenever that Packers game ended into the, uh, into the start, had to have been pretty good for the Packers. Well, you're feeling pretty good about life, right? You're you're, you're thinking now yeah, we're easily going to take the lead in the division. You go into a beat up Miami Dolphins team next week, and then you have the bye. I mean, that's kind of setting yourself up for a, a good second half of the season, which you know looks okay on the surface, I guess. You know, it, it's but you just don't know. I think we're all a little spoiled to some of these years where you're just blowing out teams. I think the '98 seasons ruined a, a, a generation of Viking fans mm-hmm. forever. Where I would say, what, three quarters of the games, you weren't sweating in the fourth quarter, and, and that's just that's not the NFL in 2022. It just isn't. I mean, outside of the Bills just making hay yesterday, even the Philadelphia Eagles, the, you know, that was touch and go there for a while. So, and, and Josh Allen, if you had him on your fantasy team, he was putting up video game yes. numbers. Yeah, I mean, He's a special cat, that one. Video game numbers early on. Is it parody or mediocrity? Great question. I think it's... I, I do think it's more parody because I just think there's just so much talent there. I think the the football pool and the way that it's structured with a legit draft order that makes sense. I think it's just hard. You know, I, I think that's the way it goes. You got a team like like the Lions who had such a good draft, and you talk about this all the time, Jack. About you can't turn that one loss into three. Right after blowing that game against the Vikings, they've turned that one loss into three in a row and, yeah. and badly the last two weeks. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great point. I you know. I watched the Wolves a little bit last night too, and 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 uh, the Clip Clippers were you know, and then again some of the main guys play, and then they're right. they're done, and then the Clippers knocked down a three. They had transition going. I thought, okay, that's probably done. You know, I got a lot of stuff to do this week. I don't have to finish watching this. Flipped it back. Oh, Wolves have tied it. You know, it's like that's that's the NBA, and it seems like now in the National Football League, barring the Bills game that we referenced early on. I don't know if getting down two scores is a big deal now anymore because it just seems like there's resiliency going. And maybe that does lead to the parity of talent in the league. What was the stat they had? I I should have wrote it down, but it said going into the fourth quarter that were yesterday, going into yesterday, it was 50 games that were a touchdown or less. Man, that's bonkers. Think about that. And that was we're into week four. We saw, did you guys, you knew the rule maybe, and and I'd like to say that I did specifically. And I forget now the game it was. wasn't the Arizona game. Hmm. It was a, an extra point to tie the game that went over the top right upright. You oh, know where guy, I'm at, Brad? Guys in the Bengals, yeah. Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I went, ooh, that, what? Is it? That's good, yeah. and it is. If it goes so, over, it, it, it goes over. over and, yes. and the, but then, even more specifically, the ball has to be inside the top of the kind of the upright. That's right? weird. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And that one literally, the camera shot literally was right over the top. And McPherson has had that happen a few times. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, but if that ball's hanging out over, mm-hmm. I think she's not. I think good. there was a uh, they had a field goal against the Packers. They thought they had won the game. And that's right. Yeah, yeah that was some year, controversy. It was, it was an that's overtime. Right. Yeah. But how many times Either. do we see it in baseball where, and I, in fact, it happened four times this year with the Red Hawks, you know, where, where Peter Maris hit a ball, and I'm thinking, well, that's, you know, I was already into the home run call because it, it went they over. They called it foul. And they called it foul. Huh. And I'm thinking, well, okay, but 
if it hits that thing, certainly. Well, if it hits, then it's a, yeah, it's fair ball. Yeah, that's a weird, right quirky thing with it, those it rules. It looks like it went right over the top of the fair yeah. of the what we call the fair pole. But uh, in football, literally, it does. But we rarely ever see that in in football. So that, that speaking of rules, man, if they don't change this roughing the quarterback thing soon, I mean, we're well, not even playing football anymore. And, and there's your other thing. You that know, was ridiculous. That uh, that uh, that happened. There was a late game at Youngstown State, late uh, second half, and and uh, like Coach Alinka does the DC for UND, likes to bring heat, likes to bring some pressure in those pressure situations, make a quarterback nervous. So here comes the big sack, clear sack, not nothing egregious about it, just two guys coming up at the pads. Sure. And there's a pause, and probably on that Youngstown sideline where there, because I saw everybody making the motion the of targeting of, of target. And sure enough, the white hat, click, we're going to review the play for targeting. I'm like, are you kidding me? This isn't even close to targeting. And it shouldn't even, but I'm sure he was kind of got that in his ear. And then they came back, looked at it for 13 seconds, went, yeah, that's not targeting. Again, well, you know what happens there is they, Tom Dosh goes, that was tackling. That's kind of what we teach. Yeah. And you know what happens is if it is targeting, they don't want to get called on the carpet if something happens. That is true. And I think that's part of why they're being a little bit overcautious about checking that because – you know, if a kid get, does get knocked out, and then it's you know you're going to get the head of officials of the league get on your butt the next week too. So yeah, indeed. Two three seven thirty seven sixty seven get you in, or triple eight four five eight six nine two six. That's the toll free number. Text club is open at three five two seven zero. Brad, what do we got today? We do have a caller on the line. Hello, welcome aboard. Where are you go? Are you going good, bad, ugly, great today? What do you got today? I I think I think I got. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Loud and clear. Oh, oh, okay, sorry about that. I think I've got uh, your guys across the spectrum, good, bad, ugly, and do you say possibly great at the end there, Jack? <laughs> yeah, possibly Two? great. Okay, so I'll try to summarize this as best, but you guys go ahead and comment. Uh, for good, as uh, reticent or reluctant as I am, I'm going to go Vikings, um, kind of for the reasons Derek already highlighted, which is, you know, they're 4-1, and one, and what is it they got the next game and then the bye so the next game is at Miami but it's against the Dolphins team that now suddenly looks incredibly discombobulated after looking like world beaters at 3-0 and I mean now without Tua and didn't Teddy Bridgewater go into concussion protocol yes he did yeah so they're playing with their third string quarterback I thought I heard something say like a seventh round pick sort of like the Patriots played not that those guys can't play but you know, they're not your idea starter, which is why they're your third stringer, right? Yeah, I think it is it Skyler Thompson might possibly be the guy. Is that it is. Chris yeah, Clyman's old guy? So. Yeah, so I, I thought that was the name. I have no idea who that is, though. Oh, he's he was Kansas State's quarterback for Chris Clyman, So, Oh, okay, okay. Well, so then so then the bad, and you probably appreciate this, Jack. How, how many how many wins on the season did the Mets have? Was it a hundred or hundred? I think it was one hundred one that the Mets had. Oh yeah. man! So their season's over already. And I mean, I I'm not a Mets fan, so but I mean, I can only imagine your ball club goes through the season it did, where it led the Braves for what ninety five or ninety percent of the regular season. They're up like ten and a half games. We, in one I would call Anthony yeah. Renz today the the hitting coach and part of the right Chris because he is a Mets guy, and I guess is. He probably doesn't want to talk about it no. for, for yeah. a day or two. Right. <laughs> you know? you, you, I don't know if you guys follow the media too much, not that you have to follow it much to know this, but I know one guy in the media that's pretty ecstatic or happy, and that's the um, one the one guy on the, um, not Kornheiser, the other guy on the PTI show. Michael Wilbon? Oh, Wilbon? Huge Cubs fan, but he, he, he was, I, I just, the few times I catch the show every now and then, 
he just rails against the Mets, and he could not wait for the Braves to catch him and, and, and all of that. And they proved him right, and now he's probably going to dance a jig on TV whenever they get <laughs> right, to their next right. show, I bet. But uh, the ugly, I was going to say, is um, it, doesn't it kind of almost have to be the um, – Oh, the the Draymond Green incident, punching Jordan Poole. I that mean, was they released scary. They, that. Yeah, that video got leaked, and at first I was like, okay, well, you know, some people were like, well, Jordan punched Steve Kerr, and you know, you could even see the black eye on Steve Kerr back in the day. But man, you see that video of Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole, and it's like, are the Warriors okay? <laughs> well, I tell you what, I mean, that's that's the type of punch where. Yeah, you know, we had a tragedy downtown Fargo not too long ago. I mean, that's the type of punch oh, that could kill a guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, that there was one that was in Grand Forks years ago like that too, outside of a, a bar nightclub. Yeah, I mean that that was about as violent as I've ever seen. And you know, I've seen people get hit like that, but uh, boy, that you know, a man yeah. the size of Draymond Green. And I have me to like be honest, obviously, I've had, I, I I did not see what you guys are. are oh my heavens! Up, so it is. Uh, if you go to TMZ, it's pretty. It's easy. it's okay. It's cr- I'll look at that. It is. It is a. Uh, it's amazing. Pool got up as quickly as he did. Was it like a Kermit right. Washington? I'm aging myself. He now. was it Rudy Tomjanovich, Kermit Washington. Well, Pool made the bad decision of pushing a monster like that. Well, he, yeah, he tried to push away. He pushed like, him he away. Pushed him and he turned, and Pool turned to his right, I believe, and Green caught it right on the left side. Oh man, right and it's it's about as violent of a punch as you'll see. It, it's it's mm-hmm. scary. It really yeah, is. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I mean, and and I guess the one thing I wanted to interject here before I get to the great, and I'll let you guys go for the day. Um, so governments, corporations, and let's just say sports franchises, whatever, you know, institutional bodies, they always rail against leaking, and, you know, they want their secrecy or their whatever you want to call it. Man, I, I, I tell you, I see that video, and I'm like, no, absolutely not. Stuff like this should not be... Um, whatever classified secret or top secret or not not disclosed or, or whatever i mean this is the kind of thing that i get it the whole locker room and team practice this that and whatever you know it's got to be a space for those players to form team and chemistry right but i, I but but boy you, you if you i mean they showed it too um I, I i could be wrong but i think on sports center so i mean it wasn't like you know you had to go exclusively to tmz to no. see it but i i disagree with the people that are like well, it wasn't, you know, that big of an issue or we were handling it and everything, but now we got to handle the media and the rest of the world. It's like, you should. Yeah. Well, you should have to handle the media and the rest of the world. You see that video and it's like, what? Yeah, is going it's the type of there? assault that, you know, if, if Poole wanted to press charges, I think Draymond Green would right. be in serious trouble. I mean, that, that's just right. Especially, one of those especially I just say because, like, you know, his push against Green wasn't offensive. Green advanced upon him. Right. Poole kind of like stepped back into his right and put his arms out and just kind of like, you know, get away from me, man. Like, and he turned to his right. And then Green just cold cocks him with the right wow. hand to the left side of the face. And it's just like, my goodness, what was that about? The white game, uh, any, man, man. Yeah. Man. yeah. Anyway, I got a kind of a two headed finish great for you. The one is my Michigan Wolverines. They got a big date with Penn State coming up after handling Indiana, and they're undefeated. So hmm. that'll be a good game. And I think that's great. But uh, the second one is. Uh, You'll appreciate this, Jack. Yes, sir. Um, the list of teams that Cooper Rush has defeated continues to grow. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. He's not undefeated. I, I really, right? uh, it's a, we talk about good problems to have. <laughs> Thanks for the call, man. Right. Great stuff great today. Day. Great input. You can you can do the same thing that, that he just did, but uh, via text if you want it, 35270. You're good, bad, great. Good, bad, ugly, and great if applies. 
And I, it's really what I get all the time. It's this Cooper Rush versus Dak Prescott. Am I the only one that thinks that what Cooper Rush is doing, Dak Prescott will be able to accomplish and maybe even a little bit more because the system is in place? This is an offense that has lost some some key parts, but you know, it's 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 different. It just seems a little different. You know, Kellen Moore and company, it just seems different. And really that Cowboys team is spearheaded by an amazing defense that that is just right. absolutely incredible. Where Quincy's just dialing up heat and and they're in the right place. And even Parsons was playing a little bit with a groin. So I think the whole you have to, when I look at Dallas, I don't look at it as Cooper Rush has won all these games. I think it's the totality of what Dallas is doing as a team. Now, again, they're going to be tested next week when they take on Philadelphia, without question. And I don't know how much they're – and if Dak is the guy back and, and, and the Cowboys fall to Philly, you know what's going to happen. Everybody's going to say, oh, see, Cooper Rush would have beat him. I would probably disagree with that. I think Cooper Rush is doing great stuff to just manufacture and not make any mistakes, and I think Dak is going to be fine. Is that fair to say? To me, it's the totality of the of the, of the Cowboys. Well, oh, their defense is excellent. I yeah. mean, I don't want to say they're carrying them, but they're certainly um, leading the way. Is the NFC East back? Have you got Eagles right. at five and zero, Dallas and the Giants? Please at refer four to and them one? as beasts, Brad. Please refer to them as beasts. Okay. NFC beasts. Well, it's not the NFC least anymore. No, or? no. You can take the LOA. Okay. Outside around. of the Commanders, it's uh, <laughs> outside good. of Washington, which was tough for Carson. Oh. I was kind of pulling for him. Down the street. I mean, Carson put up numbers yesterday. There's no question, and uh, and they lost. You get inside that. You get inside the twenty. You might have a play or two. You get inside the ten. Might get a little bit more condensed. You get inside the five, and time is against you a little bit. You might have a. It's a little. It's not as simple. Right. And 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 they tried some things. Twelve twenty two on a Monday edition. Derek Hansen, uh, Brad Anderson. We've only scratched the surface of some things today. Let me give you an ugly before we go to break. Do you have an ugly? Uh, yeah, as I was listening to you, I was watching Iowa and Illinois. Well, that was <laughs> check. Thanks for the check first. Made. By the way, wow. thanks for the first Whoa. part. <laughs> Nine to six. Uh, it was painful. Uh, that's even bad by Kirk Ferentz standards that's too. Even... And, and Iowa might give the Gophers an assist by knocking Devito, the quarterback, out for Illinois. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Uh, That'll be on 1019 Jack FM this Saturday morning. It's so. a good ugly right there. That's oh. uh, that's good. We haven't even touched hockey that was over the offense. Uh, man, that was such some of the worst offense I've ever seen. If it's painful to watch, and it sounds like it was painful to take in, it was painful. We'll take a talk. <laughs> Doc Phil. Speaking of pain, we got a doctor coming up. Doc Phil coming up next. The Jack Michael Show. Brad and Derek on 740 The Fan. Give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Doctor. Doctor. Doctor? Doctor? Doctor. 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 There he is, Mr. Uh, Mr. I was going to say Wallaby. I was going to say Willoughby. I was going to make a bad licorice pun on that, but we'll just bring in Dr. Phil Johnson, orthopedic surgeon, and it's always good to have uh, Doc Phil joining us on the roundtable. Doc, how was your weekend? Let's start nice and easy today. Jack? Yes, sir. Didn't your mother always tell you, do not bite the hand that feeds you? <laughs> and you have fed me. I have fed you. Yeah. Over and over. So, <laughs> but as long as I keep winning, I will keep doing that. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's pretty good. We yeah. were. And you got. But my weekend was good, except let's just be. Go easy on Mother Marge's Hawkeyes. They're, they're in a, a big swoon. Oh. And I. I I mean, I watch them play too, Derek. They've got the people. Um, well, their they defense the is stellar. They just, yeah. they, 
their defense is out of the Amazing. World. Yeah, but, but man, the offense just does not click at all. Oh, I it's, know, I, I, it's, I don't know what to do. It, it is one of these things where, so they had the kid that beat the Gophers last year. Actually looked okay, threw some passes. Right. And they gotta put that kid in because this poor young man. And I get, I guess he's a senior, so they want to give him a shot. But this Petrus, whatever. I mean, he is. Yeah. In his defense, he's getting killed. I mean, he has, the offensive line is as bad as I've ever seen. Eighteen of thirty-six, hundred seventy yards, no touchdowns, one pick, QBR of thirty-six point two. Oh, he's he. It's it, and it's yeah. worse. He is so uncomfortable back there. I just, yeah. I, I feel bad for the kid. He's put. He just has no situation to win. He has no chance. Yeah, and and it's it's just one of those things that they've got to change it up, you know. Oh. And and you know the problem is, you know, does the coach fire the OC, but then he has to go home and deal with Mrs. Parents, and so then what do you do? Yeah, that's the problem with nepotism. With when your son <laughs> yeah. is the, when your son yes. is the offensive yes. coordinator, <laughs> right? It's hard to fire your son. Uh, that's a that's a package deal. So. That, yeah, that is, that's just, yeah, that's like being the coach of your your son's travel basketball team, and you go to start selecting starters and who plays, and your son's not the one. That's a, well, I have a very good friend whose yeah. whole family is uh, a lot of them are Iowa alums, and they go to the games and all that, and it's pretty much safe field because you know pretty much my lifetime there's been two coaches, Hayden Fry and Kirk Friends. So yep, this this will right. most likely be a retirement thing at the end of the year. They no. aren't going to go and pull a. Paul Chris type of situation in Wisconsin, yeah. so they're going to have to ride the storm yeah, out. You know, I who knows? I mean, it's, right. it's, but it's something. You know, there's just something that at least they have the Buckeyes this weekend. It should really get well by the time they face Ohio State this weekend. Oh, yeah, that'll that'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be. And you know what? Maybe maybe they just pull off the stellar upset. Well, if the defense scores three touchdowns, which they yeah. can, and the you know special yeah. teams puts them in the spot. I mean, because that defense can yeah. play with anyone, but they need some help. Oh. I'm just breaking down. I'm just looking at the the the, the chart here. Wow. Yeah, you're right, Derek. That it was bad. That second half must have really been unattractive. But I was defense crushed the really talented quarterback for Illinois so whether or not he's back and did they ever disclose what you know speaking of injuries as we always do did they say what's happening with him because the Gophers could well, get a little assist here coming up on Saturday morning yeah. at Champaign as they had the what off it looked week. like yeah what it looked like and what they were kind of talking about was an ankle and when he doesn't come back in you know is it a fractured ankle or is it a high ankle sprain when you look at the re- at the video replay, it looked more to be like the high ankle sprain because his foot got planted in the turf and his body rotated around it. So, you know, he was in the he was in the purple, not the purple, but the orange tent for an awful long time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I would be I'd be surprised if he's back this this weekend. But again, I don't know the extent of the injury, so who knows. I was. Um, we were on the uh, the uh, the flight coming back from Youngstown, and uh, Paul Ralston and I were sitting next to each other, and we were. You know, it's kind of neat. You know, when your game is done, and I'm sure Brad, you're the same way. You're checking scores. Everybody, what do the Dragons do? What do the Covers do? What do NDSU do? What do you? You're looking at all these scores with Northern Sun, and then you before before you lose your. When you, when you fly out, you know you only got a few feet before you lose your connectivity. And Paul and I were talking what? about Paul and I. Paul was talking about the Egg Bowl. He says, "Man, I I think." You know, you have some family members that always they go to the Egg Bowl. You know, it's it's Mississippi State and Ole Miss, right? It's the Egg Bowl, and boy, it'd be fun to go there, the battle for the golden egg. And then I was saying, you know what else would be interesting? If you weren't a fan of either, you're just a football fan, I said, where would you sit 
in the Red River <laughs> when, when half the section is red and half the section where where would you would you get on the fifty yard line because everybody else is separate on that so I don't know Doc and Derek and Brad if you had like a little bucket list on a on a on a college football game and we all get to enjoy some great college football here but in that type of venue is there one game between two opponents that you really would bucket list like to be at. And, and Phil, you've probably been to Ann Arbor a thousand times, but is there anyone that, that, that you'd pick out? Well, I haven't been there a thousand times, but my bucket list was the Ohio State-Michigan game, and I was there for two of those. Um, and it just so happens that this Saturday I'm taking my eldest daughter and her husband for his birthday Back to the big house for Michigan Penn Michigan State, Penn State game. That's pretty cool. So that should be fun, and we get to meet our youngest daughter and get filled in on what she's been up to, and she's going to take us tailgating. Nice. That'd be yeah. good. That's probably one of the marquee games of the uh, weekend. That is for sure. So, oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, would Texas and that, Oklahoma that, would be a heck of a. It would be not this year though. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, well, this not, year. <laughs> not this year. Not this year. But, you know, it's it's a pretty good weekend because you got uh, Alabama and Tennessee, both undefeated, 3-6. and six. You got Oklahoma State and TCU, both undefeated at 5-0. and oh. And uh, how about number 25, James Madison? How about them? No kidding. It, Boy, it took oh. them a long time, didn't it? Yeah. Like so, five yeah. weeks. Five weeks to get in the top 25. <laughs> yeah. Five or six. Yeah, that's quite a deal. So it's a, it's a pretty good weekend in college football coming up. Looking forward to this Saturday. It's uh, a- when you're yeah, at, no, at absolutely, and you don't have, you don't have. I'm not going to make you, you brag if you have good seats or not. But have you had decent seats at your time spent in 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 Michigan? You know, to be perfectly honest, there isn't a bad seat there. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just a huge time, bowl, right? Yeah, it's just a big, huge bowl. I mean, hmm. so you can see everything. Um, most of the time, though, I sit in the end zone down by the student section because uh, that's where my daughter is. So we kind of then we can meet up in, at halftime and stuff. So it's easier that way. Uh, I have been on the forty yard line. I've been on the twenty yard line, and I can honestly tell you, there's not a bad seat in that house. Um, it really is is set up well. And I think that the most impressive thing is is that when you walk in there, you just go. Yeah, it's big, but, you know, there's not 110,000 people in here. And then you start counting the rows. And you realize. And, you, and yeah. you're like a quarter of the way up, and you're at row 46. <laughs> and, you go, and you're doing oh, the quick math. Yeah. How many per row times? Yeah. And you're going, okay, yeah, I guess there is 115,000 people in here. I just, uh, I, I, and I don't know what yours would be, Brad, but I remember when I was playing junior junior college basketball before I transferred to North Dakota State, and, and uh Terry Olson, T.O., our, our, our coach, we went to uh, you do almost a little southern trip mm-hmm. non-conference. We went down to, to Arizona and played like Scottsdale Community College yep. and some of these. The fighting artichokes. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where Lee Halverson is broadcasting from the side of the court and his voice is so booming. He'd be like, there's Brad Anderson at the charities, right? He's a terrible shooter. You know, and then you could hear all this, not that he'd say about right. you. So one of the one of the perks on that, Phil and, and gang, is that we got tickets to the Fiesta Bowl. Oh, nice. So it's 1986. Oh, nice. It's, right. It's 1986. Oh, wow. Speaking of Michigan, it's, it's Michigan and, and Nebraska. And and we get, and we've got, this is part of the, you know, and, and we're walking up to the, you know, we're in Tempe. 
and we're getting in the stadium and and we're getting up to like the next concourse and then the next concourse and then the top row <laughs> seating and then going to the top of the top row and we're all looking at our tickets all of us guys and I'm thinking we still haven't got to our row and it was the standing on top of the stadium seat that that's beyond the last seat in the furthermost upper deck and I looked down and to your point Phil it's not like that at the at the festival because I looked down and I think I saw red and I think I saw some blue. I mean, I was just looking at colors from our seat there, but it was nice to be at that stadium. So, but you know, the beauty of that seat is nobody's going to be behind you telling not, you to sit not, down. Not at all. No, just a long drop. Yeah, Tempe, you could have sat on one of the mountains and looked down too. So that yeah, right, I mean, yeah, yeah, the view was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I couldn't tell it's, you. I've been to Sun Devil Stadium before, and it is a beautiful stadium. It Gorgeous. Really is. It's. It's yeah. un- I've never wasn't at a game. I just went there and you know looked around. I was out visiting my grandparents like in two thousand five, and yeah, it's I I went to a regular season game between at the old Orange Bowl with uh, Florida State and Miami, and it was un- it was a lot of fun. Eighty thousand people. The concourses were smaller in the Metrodome. That's what I'll never oh. forget that. And you it was just wall to wall people. It was and yeah. it was hot. Well, there's some stadiums just being in them is good enough. Yeah, for sure. And it was fun. Although, I, so me being kind of a Florida State guy, I got to be right by the band doing the Tomahawk Chalk. But I pretty much spent, uh, you know, back in 2005, it was $100, I think, for a scalp ticket, which was a pretty, you know, big deal. And 17 years ago. At that ago. point, yeah. And uh, I pretty much just looked at this one Burnett that had a Miami Hurricanes halter top right next oh, to me the that's whole time. Yeah, a, was, uh, that was, uh, well, for $100, you're yeah. going, not a bad, not a there, bad, not a bad no, ticket. No, there was not a lot. Of, <laughs> speaking of not much offense, there was no offense in that game. And the only time Miami could get anything going is when Antonio Cromartie kept getting cramps. Otherwise, right. they couldn't do anything against the. And Florida State's offense was inept that day, so uh, so they lost. But it was it was quite a time. It was speaking of about fifty fifty that, crowd that, too. That'd be awesome. And in a moment, I'll, I'll say I was going to ask too to you guys that because you said, well, it's not going to be so good this year. You know that that Red River rivalry. Is there a game that, regardless of if one team is terrible, having a terrible season, the other one's on top of the mountain, that it doesn't matter? Yeah, I'd like to see the Iron Bowl because of that some yeah. year. Yeah. I, I think that. I think any of those any any of those interstate rivalries is, is is always good. I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, North Dakota, North Dakota State. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State. You just go down the line. You know, those are those are bragging rights for a year, and they always have a little extra oomph. Um, okay, I want to change the topic here. Yep. I want to know why Dalvin Cook has not had his shoulder taken care of. This is a problem he had last year. Yep, and he's still having the same problem. My question is, and, and, and maybe he didn't want it done either, but obviously somebody needs to work on him to stabilize that shoulder. He's just going to keep it's going to keep popping in, keep popping out. I don't care if you've got a harness on or not. The harness doesn't always do the whole thing. And apparently he's got a labral tear. So I'm wondering what's, what's the thought process here with him, um, you know, to kind of keep him in the game because – Every time that thing pops out, he's going to be out for a week or two until it kind of settles down and gets back in. And every time you continue to dislocate that, you risk further damage with the joint structures, the tendons around the shoulder. So um, I, I'm just befuddled because I would have thought they would have jumped on that in offseason right away, get him stabilized and get him ready for this year. Let me ask you, if it, if, if, if labral tear, pop it in, pop it out, if those are the words you're using, and you say, look, let's go uh, surgically do something uh, to, per- to, to fix this in a better way, uh, are we talking a, a six weeks, four weeks, the season, if, if surgery is needed? I'm talking six months. Okay. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's why I said, why well, I didn't understand why they didn't do it in the off season, uh, because clearly he had this problem last year. I mean, it popped out several times, as far as I know, and there was a scan that he had, quote, a partial tear of the labrum. Uh, there isn't a partial tear of the labrum. When you get in there, they're always complete off. You peel them off. Um, so that that's just my question, and I, and I just wonder, you know, what was the thought process? Because here's the numbers. If, and he's still a relatively young guy. Um, he's going to be in that upper 70% chance uh, of re-dislocating, especially at the elite level of the NFL. If you stabilize it, that drops dramatically to about 10, less than 10%. Mm. So, I mean, that's a significant drop and a significant improvement. Um, and, and I guess uh, my question is, why not? Now, it, now he, he may have said, I don't want to go through surgery. And, right. But, no, that's fine. That's his prerogative. But I'm just wondering why we continue to battle this thing because he's going to battle it all year long. And now everybody knows. And what are they going to do when they go after him? They're going after his shoulder. You know, I, he's just, well, yeah, like, it, it's like putting a neon sign on it. And I can't imagine, you know, I think about him now because, you know, the shelf life for running backs in the NFL is four years at the most. Right. And I right. just can't imagine what his post-career is going to be like. I hope he's not a side sleeper because that has got to be painful. <laughs> I mean, I'm, ser- I'm kind of saying yeah, the tongue-in-cheek, right. but – I just I get shoulder problems sometimes too, like frozen shoulder once in a while if I sleep wrong, Doc Phil, and it is yep. it is debilitating. Remember that happened to me last year, yeah. Jack, and you know it, it you was were like for weeks you know, walking well, around. It it, it it goes away after a day or so. I thought you were maybe that was a neck. No, thing that it was, you were well that up. happened. So it was the right shoulder, and then it went to the left shoulder like two weeks later, and it just it it's like pain like you can't imagine. So I feel for him. And you could tell he was a step slow up until like the Pittsburgh game last year, and then he got hurt again. And you could just, I mean, it's obviously going to affect your burst through the game because you're, you're thinking about getting hit that way too. Right, and you're trying to change things as yes. far as how you attack the line. You know, are you square to the line? Are you going to go in at an angle, trying to protect it? All those subconscious things that then put you at a little bit different risk uh, to get hit in a way that you aren't used to getting hit. And yeah, I. It, it was just an interesting thing I was looking at yesterday going, hey, it's not his same shoulder. And so and I go back and look at the news articles, and sure enough, you know, it's just the left one, and it's going to be a problem. So. How many touches a game does Delvin Cook average right now? Do we know how many touches a game that he has? Because they do split a little bit in the backfield. Not, I mean, they do throw a little bit, I guess, out of the out of the pocket to him in the flat. But how many? do we even know how many touches Cook has a game? Well, does he have... Uh, I can look 13. at his carries here from, but yeah, I would say as far as just what he does, uh, 15, 18, yeah. 15, mid teens on that. But to and he d- could easily double that if he was stable. Yeah, that's 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 you a know? point. You could I ride mean, that pony. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. I mean, he's a phenomenal back. It's it's just fun to watch him. But but there's some hesitation in his in his startup. There's hesitation when he gets to the line. Um, you know, I, so I, I guess I'm just wondering. You know, I can't imagine. A, I can't imagine the Vikings though not addressing that to a point where, um, you know, you're getting less in return. Where if you right. we, if you put him surgery to completely fix that and buy some better years, if that hasn't been relayed to Delvin Cook, where the right. deci- you know what I'm saying, where the decision, you know, well, like, that's why. That's why I wonder, you know, has he decided, no, I don't want that right. done. And, yeah, and that's maybe. perfectly fine. You just got to gotta work through it. Um, but, the, the, but the problem is, is that, and as you may or may not know, this becomes a work comp issue. 
And yeah. so now all of a sudden you've got all those parameters. Okay, can he work? Are you putting him at risk? Is he released to full duty? And if he isn't, you know, there comes a point down the line where you subject the worker to an environment or a work environment that continues to injure them, and they're going to go, okay, wait a minute. Um, you got to get this thing taken care of because you're out of work too much because we're paying a hefty, you know, amount of money. Um, you need to get something done. So there's going to come a point where everybody's going to have to meet and you go, listen, um, you need to kind of probably take this thing seriously, get it taken care of so you can move on. Before so, we let you roll, Phil, let's say, uh, I think we have yeah. a call in today too. It's always, we always welcome calls in when Doc Phil joins yep. the group. Hey, you're on with Doc Phil on the Jack Michael Show. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, Doc Phil, could you, uh, I remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, Rocky Hager had a guy get injured, a good player, and he had a labrum injury. And Rocky said, well, it's uh, unusual for football. He said it's more of a rodeo injury. But that's increased <laughs> now over the years where there's more and more of those types of injuries. Is it training? or No, it's, it's actually the impact. And, and a lot of times, I mean, shoulder instability, you know, the high-risk sports are baseball, gymnastics, football, and hockey not necessarily in that order in any given year. Um, and, and the reason is is that in all these collision sports, uh, you subject that shoulder to significant trauma. And, and, and it's one of the things where we see in young kids not infrequently, and they're the ones that have the highest incidence, but they also have the highest recurrence rate because their joints are pretty loose and they don't have all the dynamic muscle control. Um, to be quite honest with you, a lot of these things didn't get diagnosed in the, back in the 80s and the 90s. And the reason was is we didn't have good imaging. We didn't have the MRI scans that picked up these things. Um, everybody blamed it on the rotator cuff, and you tried to get your strength back, which was okay, but um, invariably it didn't work, and they continued to pop out. And we didn't have the arthroscopic ways to repair them now, which is so much better because you can anatomically repair it. And so it used to be a big incision. It was very painful, and kids rightly said, I'm not going through that. That's, that's awful. Um, and so a lot of them just kind of dealt with it, but yeah, it's, as it's becoming more and more common, uh, the reason is because we're being, we're able to diagnose it better, uh, quite frankly. And, and there's been numerous studies out there that do stabilize them early. Like after their first dislocation, you significantly reduce their re-dislocation rate. Don't eliminate it, but Boy, it drops from like 70% to 10%, which is a huge number. Rock's probably not yeah. wrong either, knowing some cowboys from Western North Dakota. <laughs> he's probably not well, wrong yeah, on that, by sure. the way. <laughs> you know? Well, I know well, Rock, you know, Rock is one always to do the kinds of things necessary to secure victory. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. I'm a, uh, I, I like Rock. Well, he's a good and man. And speaking of that, I think, I think the best line that I've ever heard when you were talking about uh, rivalries, yeah, Dale Lennett. Do you remember the one Dale Lennett had? Mm. And that was in that Football America movie. No shade. Okay, they did where they went through the hundred years of football, and and this at that time was the longest running rivalry in America, right? UND and NDSU, right? And they asked, and they asked Coach Lennon, you know, what is the significance? And he goes, well, if you want to own the farm. Oh, that's you right. You go to the University of North Dakota. 
if you want to just work on the farm, that's right. That's you that go guy. Go to North Dakota. State See now, University. this is what rivalries are all about. Speaking of which, <laughs> I know we're up against the clock. Did you see Eddie Robinson Jr. and uh, Deion Sanders? Yes. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Hey guys, that yeah. thing. I did. He ain't yeah. swag. I'm swag. He ain't. That just started. Yep. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. Woo, speaking of uh, good times. Oh man, alive. Uh, Doc, enjoy your time. What's the first thing you're going to eat uh, at the at the football game next week? Boy, uh, <laughs> tofu. You know what? Yeah, I haven't thought about that. I don't know. Probably what... some kind of bratwurst or a hamburger. Don't know what the cuisine is there in Ann Arbor. Well, it, I'll tell you, it's everything. Oh man, there are some spreads that are unbelievable. <laughs> That's another. Uh, put that on our bucket list, guys. We're heading to Ann Arbor. Oh, cheapers, and it's all on the golf course, you know. So it's 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 just a beautiful setting. Oh, it, yeah, it's going to be great. But there's oh there's filet mignon and there's chickens on the roaster and there's oh it's unbelievable the stuff that's going on there. That's never this is never good to talk food during the lunchtime. I mean, or really, no. it's a good time to talk food during the lunchtime. Doc, as always, uh, appreciate it, man. Thanks for the insight, as always, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, have a good week. The one and only Dr. Phil Johnson joining us. Stats perform top twenty-five is on the FCS. No change at the top. North Dakota State number one. South Dakota State number two. Then comes the rush of the Big Sky. Montana 3, Montana State 4, Sac State 5, Weber State 6. You can literally take those and just start mixing and matching. Southern Illinois at 16 in the Valley. North Dakota moves up to number 20 in the uh, Missouri Valley Top 25 poll. Quick time out. Come back. You're good, bad, ugly, and great. Uh, coming to you, uh, today on the Jack Michael Show from our Gunderson Jewelers in South uh, Fargo here on 740 The Fan. This is the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, and you're listening to the Jack Michael Show. Be sure to catch me weekdays from 9 to noon right here on 740 The Fan. Here in the show, we reach across the region. We would be remiss if we didn't congratulate the West Fargo Packers on winning the State Boys Soccer. And what a what a match, huh? What a championship match, Double Brad. Overtime? That's, wow. uh, that's unbelievable. And, you know, it's Davies looked like and I got a chance to see it on Thursday they look dominant and the match I saw against Their Century only loss of the season right. comes at the, the they had lost in close to 2 years and West Fargo had won you know 1-0 Thursday and Bismarck had a goal disallowed on an offside call very early in the match and then they win 1-0 again on Friday and I mean just to you know I think what they score four goals the whole yes. state tournament and it was good enough to win. That's, I was, that's quite a run. I was uh, Williston High School had its, its homecoming this past week, and so they played Watford City. And I was I was coming back across the state. I was listening to the morning show of a radio station that I actually worked at back then. They were talking, you know, they had the homecoming, you had a football guy in, you got a cross country guy in, you know, and then the game happened that night. And and I didn't know this until uh, someone had mentioned it to me in Youngstown. Uh, but there's a young man from Williston that uh, that suffers from uh, cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. And and uh, they brought him in on a two point conversion, and I don't know if you saw the video on that. I did. And, yes. and stuff like that. Just oh, yeah. I just oh, it's, yeah. it was Melchior, so awesome. It? it was so awesome. And then that, and then the uh, <laughs> Tommy Dosh, who comes on the program, my broadcast partner there with with Paul. Dom's daughter is one of the state's best runners in cross country. Runs for Red River. Lauren, her and the the, the Schiller girl are really good. So Lauren's running the the, the EDC meet. So it's so amazing how technology is, right? So so Tom's son, Matty, 
who's our spotter who did, wasn't on the trip in Youngstown. So he's got the video phone up or whatever, the phone, and he's running, you know, with the like the cross country. Cross country got to be horrendous to spectate. It's not like you can put a, a chair yeah. down. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's it. You're not following gone. unless you have a golf cart or something. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. So, so Matt, he's like, what, 14? So he's running. You know, so we can kind of look at our, as we're prepping for the broadcast, and we're like, right, go, Lauren, go. And I'm thinking, I turned to Tom and I said, your son is going to inadvertently win the women's cross-country EDC championship. <laughs> he's he's nice. going to cross the finish line. And she ended up winning PR. Nice. Set a school record. I heard you guys talking about Yeah, it was just so, nice. so good for her. And, and all those runners out there, because I don't know about you guys, haven't spent a lot of time running distances. Not lately. Oh, yeah. Not in about 30 years. I, I can see you yeah. tearing up those Lisbon Hills. I I did cross country one year, and I was not great at it, but I'll tell you what, I was never in better shape than I was. I'm now. sure. Uh, more power to them. I know that over the weekend, there, there's more, too, in the nine-man in North This is how late starts, we're getting. Starts this week. Starts yeah. this week. Nine-man football playoffs there now, in I North Dakota start this email week. email come in from Tom Mix. I'm like, really? The brackets are out already? Yeah, what yep. the heck? Uh, Texter says a nomination for bad, ugly, the roughing the passer, quote, roughing the passer yeah, call the passer on uh, Tom Brady was uh, pretty bad. How so. many quarterbacks have rules named after? You know, remember, you know, we got the tuck rule, the tuck we got the tuck rule, we got this rule. Is this going to de- develop a new conversation on Well, Tom this Brady? started actually, ironically, with Anthony Barr and the Minnesota Vikings in 2017. I mean, that that's where we kind of got into the Aaron first. Aaron Rodgers. Yep. So. What was the official language on why the flag was thrown? Because he, he threw him to the, he, like thrust he him. He said he threw him to the ground. To me, he's just tackling to make sure he was on the ground. Mm-hmm. I, I, he just rolled him over. I didn't think right. he threw him. I mean, no. he tackled him. Yeah, it's like he just. <laughs> it's not like he picked him up and body slammed him no. or anything like that. No, he tackled him. Another texture says, "If you want to win national championships, you go to NDSU," and that's well, hard to argue, right? Going now. back to Phil's yeah, point, going yeah. back to well, Phil's question. Or the, the deal, yes, to quote well, that Dale goes. Leonard. I mean, that's. That's when Dale Lennon was the defensive coordinator, and it was Roger versus Rocky, which yeah, those were, was probably the pinnacle of that rivalry in the 90s. I mean, you think about all the TV coverage. Do you think there's a lot of folks that still – I mean, I know we're getting younger and everybody's in the last decade is, is used to this, but do you think people still understand what that was about back then? I would say the Generation X and above, uh, millennials, Maybe not. No. Gen Zs, no. I think less and less. No, no idea. Think but, about that. They're, they're making books on that back in the day. You know, it was the but longest I mean, running... In the mid-90s, you know this. I mean, this building, you'd have one office was you and another one was NDSU. It was split. It, it was, was just it was, boom in Fargo. It was nasty. Sometimes. I think the uh, the the rivalry that's coming up this weekend has uh, pretty good rivalry. I would say that's the Gen X and Younger's rivalry. Probably is. Yes. is, is well, taken if the two North Dakota schools can pick up victories the next two weeks against that said team, be pretty the end sweet. Of the year could be pretty fun. Yeah, pretty sweet. Good <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. Common man coming up around the corner. Uh, Brad, you've got a horseshoe tournament to broadcast tonight. No, what do we got tonight? Nights. we got Monday Night Football on KFGO. Yep. You got it. Bubba Schreiger, Coaches Show tonight on KFGO. Raiders and the Chiefs tonight on yeah. MNM. Good stuff. Common is next on the fan.